four, three, two, one. Happy 2020. Hi, I'm Pete McCall with the All About Fitness Podcast, and it is now a new year. And so often in our society, right, we think new year means new you. Well, this is an All About Fitness Podcast quick fit tip. If you're new to the All About Fitness Podcast, the quick fit tips are just that. Just it's kind of like a little mini pod. I don't do an interview. I just go into a little topical discussion that's uh, relevant to what we're facing. And now that we're starting a new year, what's more relevant than fitness trends? The thing I find a little bit funny about fitness trends is every year, the American College of Sports Medicine comes out with their trends list based on quantitative data. And I'll talk about it as I go through that. And also for a number of years, I've written trends lists for the American Council on Exercise. And I use I base my trends on just try, just being in the fitness environment. A lot of what I do, if you've been a listener, you know a lot of what I do is travel around. I, I educate trainers, both in the United States and around the world, primarily Asia. I, I work with a large company, Core Health and Fitness, where I handle education in there in Asia and Middle East for them. Uh, I was handling Latin America, but got reassigned to Middle East. That's all internal stuff. But the, the point being that I have the um, opportunity and, in fact, the privilege of, of working with people in fitness all around the world. So what I'm going to go through today are some of what I've observed as what might be the top trends for 2020. Now, keep in mind, uh, you know, I can I can make guesses. Anybody can make guesses about the future just based on kind of understanding where we are now, right? But if I could really tell the future, I wouldn't be working in fitness. I'd be somewhere in New York doing finance. Actually, no, I'd scratch that. I'd be somewhere in the Caribbean floating on a boat because I've already would have made my money in finance if I could predict the future. But let's just go ahead and take a look at first what I'm going to do is go through the American College of Sports Medicine, ACSM, their trends list for 2020. And again, like I said, this is based on quantitative data, some research. Um, you know, so we're going to go through it. The number one trend they have is wearable technology. That's the iWa- or Apple Watch. I still call it iWatch sometimes. And you know, I love that. iPhone, iPad, iPod, and you drop a watch. And you're just going to call it watch. Be consistent, Apple. Come on. But one of the first trends that ACSM, or the first trend that ACSM recognizes is wearable technology. And a lot of you might have the watch. A lot of you might have a Fitbit or Garmin or whatever type of tracking device. And I, you know, wearable technology can be beneficial. But I've actually heard of people and I've actually seen people in classes who, when they realize they don't have a heart rate monitor or they don't have their thing, They've actually left the workout because it's, their thought is if they can't track the data, they don't want to do the workout. So I, I think that, you know, I think acknowledging that we're moving more towards wearable technology and we'll be doing more with that is important. And it is a trend, but I don't really see it as the top trend. I really think technology actually creates a barrier sometimes. Yes, technology can be beneficial for tracking, you know, monitoring what you're doing, recording your workouts. And I mean that like by the data, heart rate, weight lifted, distance ran. That is good to know. If you like tracking your data, some people are data geeks and love to analyze that. But my concern is if we tell people they have to have a wearable device, then they're not going to start exercising. They're going to feel like they need a wearable. So, I, you know, ACSM says wearable technology is going to be the number one trend. The second trend is high intensity interval training, HIIT training. If you've listened to the podcast before, you've heard interviews with experts like Len Kravitz, Martin Gabala, Fabio Kamana, who talk about the science of HIT training. HIT is still a trend because simply put, HIT works. High intensity interval training works. But here's the secret, folks HIT should be based on intensity, not duration. There's a lot of research out there, and in a future quick fit tip, I'll go through a little bit of it. But there's a lot of research out there that suggests that it's the intensity of HIT training and not the duration. 
So if you've been doing 25, 30, 35 minute HIIT workouts, you've been feeling fatigued, sore, tired, that could be because you might be slightly overtrained. HIT is done, can, can provide significant benefits between four and 10 minutes. And I'm going to link down to a podcast with Martin Gabala down in the show notes. My, I did an interview with him two years ago, and Martin wrote the One Minute Workout, the book called One Minute Workouts. And Martin is a professor of exercise physiology in Canada who's been researching HIT for about three decades. So he kind of knows what's going on with that. And I think if you're into HIT training, you'll get a great listen out of that podcast. The third trend that ACSM recognizes is group training. Duh. We can take that all the way back to Jane Fonda and Jazzercise. Group training has been one of the driving factors in fitness for you know the better part of 50 years. So it's good to see. But the reality is, look, group training can apply to health clubs. It can apply to studios. It can apply to parks, wherever you can get people. And group training makes fitness fun. Face it, those of you that are group fitness junkies, you know that how, how much do you dread being in a gym? You don't go to the gym by yourself. You go because you take classes. You enjoy the energy of the group. Group training is always going to be a top trend. Training with free rates. And that's, you know, you know again, we can look at certain programs out there. You know, we have CrossFit, similar types of high-intensity variable programming type workout programs that rely predominantly on free weights. And we know that free weights produce results. If you want to get strong, what do you got to do? As Tony Gentilcore says, you got to lift something heavy. So, you know, strength training with free weights is always going to be a top trend. That's number four. Number five on the list of ACSM's top 10 trends is personal training. Now, here's where I, I sometimes have a little bit of an issue with, pers- with uh, the ACSM list. And I'll talk about this when I give you my trends. But ACSM is in the business. They do research, but they're also in the business of certifications. And ACSM has a personal trainer certification. So actually, I would argue with this one that while people still use personal training, that in the last few years, group coaching or group workout programs like Orange Theory Fitness, CrossFit, as I mentioned, even you know Les Mills you know, strength training. Les Mills has been doing body pump for years. You know, when you look at that, more and more people and more and more fitness professionals like myself are gravitating towards group workouts and small group personal training as opposed to one-on-one personal training. And I think ACSM keeps this in the trends list. They've had it in the trends list for years because they are a personal trainer certification organization. That's number five. Number six, and again, this is an ACSM program, exercises medicine. The American College of Sports Medicine is really is on a push to promote exercise as medicine. Well, because we know it is, right? I mean, if people just walk, if people got out and moved, walked 10, 20 minutes a day, they could see some significant changes in their health. You know, and that really is, I mean, that, that's a driving factor. And I really wish people would take the time to understand that you don't need to spend hours in a gym to get benefits. Just getting out and moving can help make you make you healthier, can improve your quality of life. And so I do rec- I do I agree with ACSM that exercise is important in the healthcare in the healthcare model as as it prevents people from getting sick and developing chronic diseases. But at the same time, I really think they are just putting that in there to promote their exercise as medicine program. And, you know that's their prerogative. It's their top ten list. They can do that. I'm I'm fine with that. Body weight training is number seven, and this is you know again this is another one that's kind of like really you're going to put that on there. Uh, you know body weight training has been how long have humans been around? <laughs> you know, if we look back to ancient Greece, you know, besides Milo, the, the the legend about carrying the bull around, you know, we've had our body weight. We use our own body weight. And by this, I think they mean TRX training, suspension training, maybe gymnastics types training. 
I, I agree. Body weight training is always you know a key component of fitness. I don't know if I'd put it in a top tens list for a year. Here's number eight, and that is number eight is fitness programs for older adults. And this is again another ACSM program. They're trying to promote um, activity, you know, activity for older adults. But here's the thing, folks: exercise is critical if you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. It really is. Just because, and we know this, there's science to show this. I'm going to link below to an interview I did last year with Professor uh, Dr. Scott Trappy from Ball State University in Indiana. What they did is they went back and they researched people who've been exercising for 50 years. And they found that people in their 70s have muscle biopsies similar to people in their 20s. Exercise can slow down the aging process. If you are a little bit older, if you're over the age of 60, you should be exercising regularly because exercise can not only enhance your quality of life, it really can slow down the aging process. Now you have number nine. Number nine is health, health and wellness coaching. Again, this is another certification program from ACSM, but this is something that we've seen kind of the last five to seven years really gather steam. And I, you know, future podcasts, I am going to have one or two people talk about what health coaching is and what the health coaching model is. And really, what health coaches do are try to help you just try to identify better behaviors to do not just exercise, but lifestyle, you know, where are you living? Are you in a walkable community? Are you getting enough activity through your day, nutrition? And we don't mean a hardcore diet, but just being mindful, you know, so health coaching can really help you identify barriers to what is, you know, what has been the obstacle in the past and health coaching can help you identify ways to overcome those obstacles. You know, number 10 is finally employing certified fitness professionals. <laughs> and actually, again, I'm going to argue with this one. Yes, this should be a trend, but frankly, it's not. A lot of studios out there, a lot of fitness studios out there don't hire certified fitness professionals. They have internal training programs. I'll say that again. A lot of the fitness studios out there do not hire professionals with an, already, they don't hire people who already have a certification. Instead, they bring people in and say, oh, we'll teach you what to do. And they teach people how to teach that format. You know, SoulCycle might bring people in and, and I'm not putting down their quality of instruction, but they just may not be certified. They may not have a fitness certification. And now here's something that's interesting is you may or may not know this or may not realize this, but in every state in the United States of America, you need a license to cut hair. You need a professional license to do nails, but you do not need a professional license to be a personal trainer. Now think about that for a second. You know, if you're cutting hair, that's, that's dead tissue. If you're cutting nails as, you know, as an esthetician, I'm not sure if that's the right title, shows how much I go to uh, get my nails done. But if you're cutting nails or you're doing nails, you're cutting hair, you're working with dead tissue, but you need a state license to do that. Right now, zero states including the territories, D.C., Puerto Rico, Guam, uh, American Samoa, the Virgin Islands. I just want to be inclusive. You know, 2020 is going to be about inclusivity, but no state requires a professional license to be a trainer. So when you work with a personal trainer, and I've had episodes on this before, folks, on what certifications mean, and I'm going to be doing that again, you know, probably the next quarter or so, but it really is, you, you have to ask, what education do, the, do your trainers have? Because a lot of places will hire somebody, Barry's Boot Camp, a lot of places will hire people to be instructors or coaches based purely on looks and maybe personality, but not fitness knowledge. 
And that's dangerous. I, I mean, I, re, I mean that because we have to remember exercise is stress and exercise applied, applied wrong could cause injury or be fatal. But that's the ACSM top 10 trends list for, for 2020. And frankly, a number of them have been on the list for years because they're ACSM programs. Again, that's my that's my beef with that. And, and anybody listening from ACSM wants to come on and we can kind of debate that a little bit, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Let's have a little discussion about your trends list because I see it as, yes, you're, it's your list. I mean, you can promote your programs, but it's not really 100% reflective of what's going on in the market. So here's some of the trends I've seen. You know, and again, some of these are consistent. Some of these are, are tangential. And you know, while ACSM relies on, on quantitative data, mine is based more on just experience and anecdotes and, and working with other master trainers and working with the companies, you know, the companies I consult with. I have a good idea of the, of the trends of what's happening. Number one, HIT is still an ongoing trend. I, again, because it works. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that there. Strength training, and I'm going to add specifically with barbells, dumbbells, and kettlebells. You know, I, I, you know, I do some work. I write for 24-Hour Fitness. They have a blog called 24Life. I'm one of their frequent contributors for that. I do some other consulting work with them. And you go to any 24-Hour Fitness and you see a variety of this type of equipment. People know how, you know, 15 years ago, nobody knew what a kettlebell was. I, I went to a kettlebell workshop and I got it. And this was 2003. I went to a kettlebell workshop in New York City and I lived in D.C. at the time. And I was bringing a kettlebell back with me on, uh, on the train and people thought I was carrying a cannonball. So that really shows how much this has changed over the last you know, decade, decade and a half. So HIT, strength training with barbells, dumbbells, and kettlebells are two of the top trends I've seen around the world. And again, I'm going to agree with group fitness, but I'm going to kind of shift it a little bit and call it group coaching. You know, the traditional fitness instructor stands in front of the room and everybody just follows them. You know, I'm going to go, woo, step touch, yay, high kick, and, you know, just follow along. We know the Jane Fonda model. But the shift has been to group coaching. You know, it's not just doing, we're not, and, and this is, and what do I mean by a coach is a coach is sitting there guiding, guiding, the, guiding, guiding people through a workout. If you've been to an Orange Theory, that's what a coach does. The coach in, at Orange Theory is not doing the workout. The coach is telling you what to do and encouraging you, motivating you, giving you cues, giving you tips, giving you adjustments. So I'm going to shift it a little bit and say, instead of group fitness, group coaching is becoming a trend. Because again, group fitness means somebody's standing up in front of a room and everybody's following along. But coaching means you're designing a program and instructing people how to do it. So I'm going to shift that a little bit. The next big trend, are, I'm going to bundle these together because they go hand in hand, and that's mobility and recovery. You know, again, you know, at the large box gyms that I go to and travel around, the, the tools I see proliferating are the mobility sticks. That's been one of the biggest tools that's popped up over the past year. And I think you've seen those. It's kind of like orange dowel rods, and people are using those to really work on mobility. You know, it's funny that, that the, the gyms I go to now, the stretch areas are getting more and more crowded. People are using foam rollers. They're going through mobility, you know, what we call movement preparation protocols. If you heard my interview with Suze Valzone, you, you're, you heard her talking about that a little bit. And recovery is really is key. And, and if, if you have been engaged at all in fitness in any way, shape, or form in the last few years, you know that recovery is key because exercise, as I said earlier, stress on the body. Your body will not adapt to exercise unless you allow recovery. You know, so recovery protocols could include mobility, 
Sleep is the number one recovery protocol. Nutrition, you can do you know cold treatment. You can go cryotherapy. You can do heat treatment with sauna and hot tub. That's actually what I'm getting ready to do after I record this podcast. I'll let you in a little bit. Just go do my recovery protocol. Um, but that really is. So I'm, I'm lumping in mobility and recovery together because they really are go hand in hand. And those are some of my favorite workouts. Some of my favorite workouts are mobility workouts where you're working on the hip mobility, thoracic spine mobility. And actually, I, you know, if you want to see what some of that looks like, I just started a YouTube channel for All About Fitness, and I'm going to have a link to it down in the show notes. What I'm going to try to do this year, and I'll talk about this a little bit more, but I started a YouTube channel. I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit more. So another thing that I'm going to touch on is uh, looking at, you guys need to see my notes here. Oh, one of the big trends that we've seen in the United States are what we call low-price, high-value clubs. You know, I find it interesting that, that ACSM didn't mention anything about studios or, or clubs because the studio business is really, is really changing the, the, the landscape of fitness and clubs have had to respond. So the low price, high value option, if you're a member of, of a company like EOS Fitness, which is in the Western United States and in um, you know, Florida, if you are a member of a company called Vasa Fitness, if I think Genesis is another one in the Midwest, I mean, a number of these companies are proliferating, but what they are is you can join the club for a low price of about $12 to $15 a month, right? That's their hook. Join us for $15 a month. But that basically gets you in the door and access to the locker room. If you want to use two group fitness, you got to pay an extra few dollars. If you want to take yoga classes, you got to pay an extra few dollars. So it's like adding on services. You can add on services a la carte if you want to do group coaching program. So the base membership, if you just want to come in, use a treadmill, lift some weights, 15 bucks a month. But if you want to access, you know, tanning beds, if you want, you know, the water table massage, if you want to access other programs, you can spend upwards of 80, 80 to 90 dollars a month. And that really is, and I think that really is one of the top trends because those clubs are popping up all over the place. And here's why. Private equity. Private equity is now seeing fitness as a cash cow. Well, not now, but for the last decade, ever since the Great Recession, you know, what we saw in the Great Recession is, is the fitness industry didn't take much of a hit. So in the past decade, you've had private equity come into fitness because they're looking at the model. I can have a whole another show on this, but private equity is coming in and, and looking at fitness because it's consistent revenue. It is consistent revenue. Think about it. You know, 24-hour fitness has over 4 million members around the United States of America. 4 million members paying maybe $50 a month. Do the numbers on that. That is some pretty consistent revenue. So if you're an investment group and if you buy a fitness company, you know you can forecast that and plan that. So one of the reasons you're seeing a proliferation of these low-cost, high-value clubs is because private equity is doubling down and piling into the fitness industry. And I will do a show on that later because... There are some good things about that. I really think the, the good thing is it's, it's, it's bringing more fitness to the masses, but uh, there's some downsides to it too, which I'll go into. Another big trend that ACSM skipped was at-home streaming services. You know, how could you, I mean, you have the Peloton. Peloton has both bikes in the, in the mirror, in, and uh, not bike, they have a bike and a treadmill. You have the mirror. You have a variety of streaming services. You have Daily Burn. You, um, you have a number of different things out there, a number of different programs out there. You have people like Kira Stokes offering workout programs directly to people. And that's really, you know, that's one of the biggest game changers in fitness right now is that people are selling streaming services or streaming workouts. And again, it's that monthly subscription model. Again, private equity, hello Peloton. I think they took Peloton public. And when I, when I do the session on, on, when I do the show on private equity, I'll, I'll share why that's not a, you know selling indoor cycling to in-home use is not necessarily the smartest business model in the world um 
there are some downsides to that. So if anybody's invested in Peloton, I, you know, long term, that'd be a stock I'd short. And I'm not a financial person, but I, I do invest in equities. And that would be, you know, I would definitely look if you do that, if you know what you're doing, you, you may or may not want to do a little bit of research on that. But at-home streaming services are definitely one of the biggest trends. And folks, we're only going to see them get bigger. And and, I, and Les Mills, as we sing about Les Mills has a program, because think about this. If you do a streaming service like Les Mills or The Mirror, that gives you options for when you can't make it to the gym. And I think streaming services are a great complement. If you're a busy professional and, and you love working out, yet sometimes your schedule gets crazy, I think streaming services are a perfect thing for the fitness industry. And that takes us into another trend, which I think is going gonna, is gonna to change quite a bit, is extra gaming. Exercise gaming, video gaming and exercise. This popped up as a trend maybe 8 to 10 years ago when the Nintendo Wii and the Microsoft, I think, Connect Box came out. But really what I see happening in the next two or three years is you're already seeing, and you're going to start seeing it more and more this year, but you're already starting to see um, virtual reality coming in. Last year at the, the Health Club Trade Association uh, or Health Club Industry Association trade show, there are only one or two virtual reality vendors. I'll bet you this year there'll be a number of them. Because think about this, folks. We're in 2020. Everybody born after the year 2000 or people born right after the year 2000, that's Gen Z. And I'm going to take a little time out here. Gen, the millennials, millennial generation is now about to turn 40. I am done commenting on millennials. Millennials are now 40. You're full-grown adults. Yay. We got to turn our attention to Generation Z. These are all the people born after the year 2000. They're now 18, 20 years old. And guess who's going to be buying health club memberships? Guess who grew up on iPhones? Guess who grew up on iPads? These people, as Generation Z enter health clubs, they ain't going to want to lift weights. <laughs> They're not going to want to do the traditional group fitness stuff. They're going to want to do virtual reality because they grew up in a digital world. I'm not a fan of it. It's not the way I would go. But again, this is a trend that you can't control trends. You got to react. Either you, you, you plan for the trend, you, you, you react to it, and, and you get ahead of it, and you're successful. Or it kicks you in the butt and you wonder, what the heck just happened? Why is nobody coming to my business? So if I were a health club owner, I'd look really, really hard at you know, kind of doing some kind of virtual reality programming or start exploring that options. Same with equipment companies. The equipment company I work with, we're kind of, you know, we're doing some blue sky stuff about how is virtual reality going to change what we do, change what we produce. Uh, another trend that we're going to look at is teen performance training. And I mean that teen performance training. And partly this is because in San Diego, I'm starting to work at a place called 1RM Performance. I'm going to have a link down to that in the show notes. And what I'm going to start doing is working with teen rugby athletes and, and teen athletes. But I'm doing that because I see this as a trend. More and more places are popping up. And what concerns me about this is some of these guys aren't qualified coaches. Their hearts are in the right place. They want to train these teens. But they're probably doing it with too much intensity just from some of the stuff I've seen. Now, some of them are great. Let me, I'll take a step back. Some of them are phenomenal are great coaches, and I would trust some of these coaches out there, Mike Boyle being one of them. I would trust these coaches with my kid in a heartbeat. You know, but some others, I wouldn't. So I, I think it's important that if you have kids, if you're looking at team performance, because a lot of parents want to see their kids succeed. A lot of parents want to see their kids get better at sports. And so if their kid is serious about a sport, they're going to hire a trainer or, or strength coach or send them to a studio to get them better. That's a big trend that's out there. But that's, again, one with little regulation, and you're getting a very uninformed consumer, the parents, making a decision about their kids with very little information. So what's another thing I got? Again, I'm just looking down on my notes reel here. 
Um, oh yeah, finally, I'm gonna uh, two more, two more. One, studios, studios, studios. You know, I mentioned earlier, low price, high value. Your studios aren't going in anywhere anytime soon, and you know they just keep popping up. It doesn't really doesn't really cost that much to open a studio. If you look at it, you know we've had retailing crater. You know, there've been a couple articles in the Wall Street Journal about how shopping malls are turning into fitness hubs. You know, shopping malls are now being anchored by by health clubs and other things and and turning into big fitness centers more or less. You, there's I I forget where they profile, but there's one shopping mall somewhere that has a, a cycling studio, a yoga studio, a bar studio. They have a number of different studios in the shopping mall, so instead of going to the mall to buy stuff, you're going to go to the mall and do different workouts. But I really think the studio trend is not going anywhere anytime soon. People love that kind of small personalized workout. As I mentioned earlier, my only concern about the studio trend, my two concerns about the studio trend. One is a lack of qualified instructors. I think some studios will go with looks rather than knowledge or energy or social media following rather than uh, social media following rather than um, rather than educated people. But studios aren't going anywhere. The only thing that's going to impact studio business is if we get a recession and I, you know, I thought we'd have a recession in the last 18 months, but you know, as I said, I might attract the economy and I just, I got to throw my hands up in the air. You know, the indicators are all over the place, but the, but the fact is studios are popular. If we get a recession, the studios will be impacted. Those ones that are kind of skating along right now will go away, but the strong ones like everything else will survive. I got two more for you. One is social media and we know this, and I'm again surprised that ACSM didn't acknowledge this as a trend, but they don't have a social media program, so it doesn't really benefit them. But social media is a huge trend. How many of you listening to this right now get your workout ideas from Instagram? Yeah, you probably do. How many of you go to YouTube to get your workout ideas? And this is where I'm going to talk about my YouTube channel, because what I am trying to do is, is over the course... I'll peel this back a little bit. When I started All About Fitness, my goal was to do this. I wanted to get content out there. I wanted to get in the, in the habit of producing podcasts. And I had a three to five year plan for growth. This is now year four. So I've been saving my money. And this year, I'm really putting my effort into All About Fitness. I've started the YouTube channel. I'm going to be changing my Instagram up a little bit. My Instagram is Pete McCall underscore fitness a little is Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. My YouTube channel is All About Fitness Podcast. That's All About Fitness Podcast on the YouTube channel. And I'm really trying to put a lot of content out there. And in addition, for those of you who are interested in learning more about fitness, I'm going to be starting to put courses up through Kajabi. So I'm starting to generate and produce a couple courses right now. One of the things I do is I, I design online courses for my clients. And I got, I got to thinking, why am I doing this for other people? I'm going to do this for myself. Actually, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for the listeners. So if you're a consumer, if you're a general fitness consumer, and you want to know specifically more about how to design exercise programs, keep your eyes out because in the next two quarters, I'm going to be releasing three to five education courses that will teach you how to become a fitness professional, teach you how to do core training properly, following the protocols of Stuart McGill, who's been a guest on the show a couple of times. I'm going to do a, uh, do a course on anatomy so you understand more about anatomy, and I'm going to do a course on program design. So the next few months, you're going to see courses from me on how to, if you've ever thought about how do I become a fitness professional? I love fitness. I hate my job. I want to be a trainer and instructor. You're going to learn how. If you've thought, you know, I want to smart learn how to do exercise programs. I'm going to be putting that information out there. So that's how I'm going to monetize this podcast, folks. That's how I want to make this my full-time job. But what I do not want to do, 
What I do not want to do is I don't want to charge you. I don't want to charge you for the podcast. There are a lot of podcasts out there that are, they'll put out like a 30 minute episode. If you want to hear the whole episode, you got to join blah dollars a month. No, I'm not doing that. Also, I don't want to load up on ads. I don't want to load up on sponsors. Yes, I am looking for sponsors. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Um, I will take some sponsorships, but I don't, I'm going to be very, very, very selective. I have to believe in the product. I have to believe in the program if I'm going to talk about it or promote it or, or, or use it as a sponsor. So I've decided that I'm going to try to monetize the podcast by selling content. I'm putting together a couple ebooks. I'm putting together a couple courses. I'm really beefing up my blog. My blog is PeteMcCallFitness.com. And I'm just trying to put information out there. And if you love the podcast, nothing's going to change. If anything, it's, I'm going to start putting more content on here. I'm, I'm putting a content calendar together. I'm putting a few things together to really try to make this a little bit more ship shape and get it going forward. And again, I'm doing this because I want to put information out there that you can use. I want to put actual information out there that can change your quality of life. You know, I've been a fitness educator for almost, you know, going on two decades. And I've been training personal trainers around the world, been educating personal trainers around the world. And now I want to use this podcast and use this platform to educate you. And specifically for my people, for my listeners who are over the age of 40, I turned 48 in 2020. You know, a lot of what I'm going to be teaching you is how, how to use exercise to slow down the aging process. So I'm going to have a course on recovery. I'm going to have a course on just that exercise program design to slow down aging. So keep coming back to All About Fitness. You're going to hear great podcasts. I'm lining up some phenomenal interviews. I got a couple great interviews going to drop in January that's really going to get you fired up for the entire year. And I just, you know, if you enjoy All About Fitness, as I get these courses up and you like them, that's how you can support the podcast. I was thinking about doing Patreon. Yeah, I don't, nah, I don't want, you know, and I was kind of, all I was going to do is like, hey, if you enjoy the podcast, chip in how much, how much money you spend on a magazine. If you buy a fitness magazine at a newsstand at five bucks, and I was thinking about doing Patreon, and yeah, but instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna start putting together content that if you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't want to buy it, that's your choice. You know, I am completely fine with that. And for fitness professionals, if you're a personal trainer, fitness instructor, if you're a certified fitness professional, I'm gonna be doing courses for you too. I'm gonna be doing CECs through some of the All About Fitness podcasts. My first one's gonna go up by the end of January, and I mean that. So what are you gonna do? So Fitness professionals have to maintain their certification. In order to do that, they have to do a certain amount of continuing education credits every two years. And that's what I do is I design education programs to help professionals maintain that. So what I'm going to be doing is taking these podcasts and turning them into education courses. So about one podcast every four to six weeks is going to have a CEC value assigned to it. And you can take a quiz, you can listen to the podcast, and if you're a fitness professional, take the quiz and earn the CECs. So you can listen to the podcast while you're exercising yourself. You can go on your, we're going to try to set it up so you can go on your phone, take the quiz on your phone, and bada bing, bada boom, earn a .1 to .2 CECs right there. So these are some of the ways I'm looking at, and I'm not trying to take your money, but what I'm trying to do is put good information out there. And really, I mean it. I want to make this podcast my primary job, my source, primary source of income. I've been blogging for other people. I'm doing video production work for other people. I've been learning all this stuff for the last few years because I'm doing it for my, I've been doing it for myself. I'm going to do it for myself. I'm having some friends help me. I'm having some colleagues help me. I'm putting the team together. And I'm really excited about 2020, folks. I really am. Not only because it's it's the start of a new new decade, not only because some things in my personal life have cleaned up and and I'm starting a brand new year, you know, going forward and in new opportunities, 
but I really want to make, I, I am serious. I want to make all about fitness my primary, my primary job. I want to make putting content out there for you. I want to make educating the consumer my primary role. Yeah, I've been educating fitness professionals for 20 years, but I'm going to flip that now. And now that we're all getting a little bit older, I'm going to help teach you how to slow down the aging process with exercise. I know this got a little bit longer than I thought, but you know, hey, it's a quick fit tip. If you, if you got tired of listening to me, I, I just wanted to let you know what's going to be happening and what to expect from All About Fitness this year. As usual, if you like the show, if you can take the time, give us a quick review. Hey, I'd love that. That's awesome. And if you want to shoot me a message, again, this is the third time I've given you my email, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Please feel free to shoot at me. Check out my new YouTube feed that is All About Fitness Podcast on YouTube. I've put up about maybe 15 to 18 little workouts up there. I'll be putting up a lot of exercise, how-tos, and just a lot of information, again, free that you can use. And if you want to support me, you know, either buy my book, Smarter Workouts. I may have a second book coming out that I'm working on or buy some content that I'll be producing because I'm here to serve you folks. I'm here to make us all a little bit healthier and I am here to help us have a phenomenal 2020. Thanks for stopping by and I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.